turkey, football, mm. what, and a little drink, hurry, hurry. turkey, hurry, hurry. football, hurry, hurry. and a little drink. What is up, everybody? Happy Thanksgiving. I don't want to keep going. Hey, what's going <laughs> on, Sims? Hello. Fendrick came in just for the podcast. Oh, baby. He's got to go home. He's got to go get on his ferry to New Jersey because he's got dinner. Oh, he's training it? It is the Corey Simon, Steve McClendon, Malcolm Brown, Manny Lawson, Kendall Westerman episode. Uh, And we're missing. Episode 90. We're missing. What about number 90 for the Chiefs? You know, with the the band aid. Did you type in famous 90s? Neil Smith. Broncos. Oh, yes. Ni- and, uh, yeah, 90. Come on, mate. I thought you meant Josh Mauga. Who else is there? He is a 90. But who else is That was all the famous 90s? I think no, we're I missing just, somebody. What I do is I type in 90 jerseys, and then I go to images. All right, you got any famous ones up I'm there? Gonna look no? at, I'm going to look at the most not famous 90 right now in 5, 4, 3, 2, and Dominican Sue. Jamal Westerman played and Dominican Sue's not 90. And Dominican yes, Sue's number 93. He wore 90 for the Lions. No, he didn't. Uh, I'm looking at a picture of it right now. <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> right I got to see it. Damn, I really don't remember him in 90 in the Lions. Interessante. Uh, first off, Fendrick, since you came in on your off day, uh, what do you want to talk about? Anything in the world. What do I want to talk about? Uh, football? You want to get the Twitter questions right now? Yeah, you want to go Twitter yeah, questions? Yeah, let's do Twitter we questions Twitter first. Questions right off the bat. All right, so go to the Twitter questions. Hey, uh, now. At Peter E, 1995, Peter Edwards wants to know, is the Dolphins' defense legit, or have they just played poor offenses? Mm, they uh, played the re- who have they played late recently? Well, they've got the Bills. I mean, they beat the Steelers, so that was not a poor offense in general. The Bills are not a poor offense in my eyes either. Uh, yeah, sure, they beat the Jets. That's a poor offense. The Rams are a poor offense. I can't think of the other team they've beaten in the fifth uh, five Rams, game streak. Chargers. Oh, the Chargers. That was not a poor offense. The Chargers. Come on. So how real are the Dolphins? The the Dolphins are one of those teams where well, listen, their offense, offensive line I feel like determines everything. It does a lot. Their defense has been playing very well. Uh, that's the one thing I'll say. The linebackers have got like Kiko Alonso shows up on film every now and then. The kid forty six Nevin does. The D line though is what makes them go. There's no doubt about that. And then they're just smart in the back end. The Dolphins are one of those teams when I watch on film, I just go, wow, that was the proper game plan. Now whether they can always execute mm. it because they don't have the talent or not, that's the thing. But yes. they do. Th- they have the proper approach in my opinion. Uh, Chris, I have another good question. Okay. Uh, Chris Crook, at Chris underscore Crook 14, uh, at Simpson Lefko, what do the players think when the schedule comes out and they see they're playing on Thanksgiving? Are they pissed? And this is going to go into our conversation. So what do you think? If if it's a non-Detroit, non-Dallas team that's used to it. Yes. Like Minnesota. Congratulations, yeah. you're on Thanksgiving. All right, are, so sh- how do players react? Should we have this conversation now? I we'll mean, start off with that yeah, reaction. Right. Well, I, I think the, the reaction is not good at first. I was always like, oh, man. I, I got the t- opportunity to play twice on Thanksgiving. Once was in Detroit. I was on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the next time was the night game when they had just kind of introduced that third game. Yep. It was Giants-Broncos in Denver. I was on the Broncos as the backup quarterback. Uh, that was a little bit easier to swallow because you're home. And it was a night game, and you're like, oh, okay, well. I'll wake up with my family. Right, have a real early Thanksgiving dinner maybe, and then go over to the stadium. Yep. And I'll be able to enjoy my Friday and whatever yes, else. Yes. Uh, but Tennessee, when I saw that, I was like, oh, man, we got to go there. You got to go to Detroit. got to go to Detroit and do all that. But at the same time, I'll say this. It was a great experience. It was really cool. Uh, and Why? 
I was it's just playing in front of the whole country. Exactly right. It's a special day. It has something about it. It just I it's mean, even like that March Madness Thursday it, feel. Exactly right. It's just something about it. You know, you're the only show on. And so I asked him this. Yeah. I said, when you play Thursday, kind of sucks. You don't get that Thanksgiving with your family. He said, oh, no, we played at noon that Thursday, and I was home eating dinner at 530. Well, didn't you say your dad gets to come home and have yeah. Thanksgiving dinner if he yes. plays the early game? Yeah, he so, the Detroit game. So yeah. explain how the early game, like – that travel schedule. Yeah, well, you would leave on a Wednesday, right? Wednesday evening, probably get like a 4 o'clock plane flight when I was in Nashville. We got into Detroit. We got to the hotel. You go to your room for a few minutes. You get ready for uh, team meetings, blah, 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 blah. You wake up the next morning, 12 o'clock's an early start in the NFL. And, uh, yeah, you, it's an hour earlier than you would have to play on a Sunday. Exactly, yeah. right, right. And and uh, so you, you get the game started, but – the way it works in the NFL, listen, the game is over, and I don't have to check baggage. I don't have to go, like, security uh, is at the stadium. So before you get on the bus after the game, they you go through the metal detectors, mm. and they go through your bags then. So once you're on the bus, you're good. When, and- I, was, when I was in college, I used to travel with the Maryland women's basketball team to call games. And the only time we had a flight to Atlanta, we drove from the arena and the bus pulled up to the plane on the runway. Yes. So, like, we got off the bus and onto the plane. There was nothing. So we were home in, like, an hour and a half. Exactly. It would have taken me, like, four and a half hours right. to do it. Yeah. So game's over. You jump on the bus. You got a police escort to the, to the uh, airport. So the police is taking you there. You're not stopping for anything. And then you're driving up right to the stairs of the plane. You're jumping on the plane. If you've won, it's just a bus. Bunch of it's fifty three renegades just can't wait to drink and eat. And Are they drinking on the plane? Yes, drinking on the plane. Early in my career, you'd have a cooler of beers as you were going up the steps to get on the plane. Grab one, take your seat. Right, exactly right. Now that kind of got a. I can't remember what team. There was a team that had a little issue. And that kind of stopped that thought in all the NFL. But then guys would just bring their own liquor. Like they were just like, oh, oh I'm going to put a bottle of vodka in my carry-on bag and I'll whip that so out. So they turn into like festival-going teenagers. Oh, if you win a game, there's nothing better than the, the flight home. As really? long as it's not like a six-hour flight. Yes, because there's gambling Everyone's kind of getting inebriated. Is my yep, saying that right? Yeah, you're just, and of course, you've won. And the other thing that was funny when you asked me this earlier today, early in my career, literally the trainer on the team would be walking up the aisle going, Mike it in, anybody? Anybody? Yeah. Anybody? But at the end of my career, after the whole Sean Payton, New Orleans Saints thing, yes. that became not the topic anymore. Gonna, is that going to make the cut, you think, or not? Uh, yep. we'll, we'll pick and choose. All there. right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's but funny. plane flights home. Well, be I, fine. I asked you, do you think that drinking was curtailed on flights because fights during the gambling? Right. Well, there was always gambling, especially in my Tampa teams. Well, that was a team that would gamble. And yeah. we had, uh, yeah, I, I saw my rookie year. I think it was maybe the last game of the year, maybe the second to last game of the year. Uh, I don't know what they were playing. I think they were they were playing AC Ducey, I believe. You know, Dude, AC that or Ducey, right? Which is like a just a luck game. But there was, of course, a lot of cash being thrown around. Uh, I saw Keyshawn at one point during the year. I think he lost twenty five thousand on AC Ducey, so he had to write a check to somebody. But they were playing at the, end, the, the back of the the plane in this one, and Keyshawn and Dwight Smith. Anybody remembers Dwight Smith? He had the two ints in the Super Bowl against the Raiders. It took him back to the one of the cooler dressed safeties. Yeah, he was the man, and he was my boy. And I got along with Keyshawn really well too. But man, they got in an argument in the back of the plane, and they went. At it right in the aisle too. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. After a win or after a after loss? a win, I believe it was after a win. And yeah. they stood there and they threw blows. And 
it was like to the point where they were throwing blows so serious, you you know, it was hard to step in and break it up because you were like, damn, I'm going to get hit too. Do you get the game check after the game? Uh, no, you get the game check usually. Uh, it depends on the team. Some teams pay every other game. Some teams pay every game. Do you get it during the week or do you get yeah, it Yeah, during the week. Then? Usually okay, so it'll the, be you're like... Not get, you're not getting the game check after the game and then going on the plane and then taking the game check and going AC Deuce. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, usually like that Wednesday, you'd come in. Wednesday, you'd come into your locker and it might be in your locker in an envelope. The trend I'm seeing now That's on when I Instagram open is all these players before they travel are all taking photos, and it's like a fashion contest. Yes. Is, was that how it was when you were playing, yes, too? Yes, definitely. Uh, so was, everyone's trying to show you how baller their suit is or how crazy their shoes exactly, are. Exactly, yes. I got a matching handkerchief that matches my socks, my underwear, my undershirt. The only difference, there was no Instagram back when Yeah, would people playing, take so. note of it? Definitely. Like There would always be a, a group of guys on the team like in in um in tampa it was Derek brooks it was booger mcfarland uh it was i'm trying to think of who the other ones are there brian kelly who was a good corner for us but they had a group of like 10 guys that like every week it's like let me see what suit i can bring out did they buy all those suits before the year yes they would save them for certain weeks they would buy them before the year usually like in the nfl at some point during the summer before training camp you're going to get fitted up for maybe three or four suits so you can look clean on the road if you've been hanging around and have enough money yes was there anyone that wasn't making a lot of money that still dressed like they did uh Because I gotta imagine, like the fifty-third man on the roster is maybe showing up in like a, a men's warehouse. Yeah, they're just getting it done. Like, yeah, they don't even really want it. They don't. I don't have a suit. I gotta go buy a suit, or I gotta go buy a blazer, or something like that. Yeah. What happens if you? There's no dress code, is there? Certain teams there is. Yes. Uh, my, my, I mean, most teams I was on was suit and tie. I mean, coat and tie. Like, you better have it. Every now and then, you'd have a team that was just like business casual, just look presentable. You don't have yeah. to wear like the coat. But yeah, there's a there's a code. Teams, most coaches want to look professional. Who was the worst dressed guy that you actually played with that had the money to be a well dressed? Oh man. man, I mean, like uh, Mike Allstott was. You know, I mean, he always looked like he was about to take the axe and go cut some wood down in the yeah. backyard. So, I mean, he was a guy that had a lot of money, but it was like jeans, boots, and a you know, a flannel shirt. Yeah, that was Mike Allstott. Even though there was a dress code. Uh, yeah, I mean, because no one's going to Allstott and saying, "Hey." Battering round. No, and Gruden, I don't think, was totally crazy about it. I don't think he How was, was like... How Gruden as a dresser? He looks like a tucked-in polo in cargo shorts kind of guy. That's, that's pretty much what he is on a daily basis, yes. Uh, he, and he would he would always make fun of the coaches who he knew got fitted for suits. Why? I'm not going to bring their names up, who we would make fun of. But he'd be like, if we were watching a team... He found ways to motivate himself. So if we were playing a team, he'd be like, ah, oh, coach, so getting fitted for suits every five minutes. But his suits are good. He doesn't have a third down call, but he's got suits. That's yeah. <laughs> Gruden was the king of stuff like that. Do you think Belichick has a lot of suits, or do you think he's got like one? Man, yeah, one, maybe two. Belichick probably has a lot of button downs. Do you think Belichick researched where to get the best suit, or do you think he was like, ah, oh, just put it on me? Yes. Exactly. There's... No. All right, I'd like to bring back something I did last week, which is random stats around the NFL that you might be surprised by. Huh. Uh, I want For running backs with more than 100 carries, so this gets rid of quarterbacks and all that stuff, who has the best run average in the NFL for average per carry? Oh, average per carry. Okay, can I just look at the teams while I do it real quick? Yes. I, just, I just need to see the teams. Yes. Fedrick, uh, you I'm, can play along. I'm going to play too. It wasn't. It's, I was going to say Lashawn McCoy. Lashawn McCoy is number two at 5.2 yards a carry. Man, who am I missing? Uh, it's not Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller's not in the top five. Okay. Jay Ajayi. 
JHI is number one. Oh, good job. 5.6. Number three is Jordan Howard, 5.2. Okay. Number four is Zeke, 4.9. And number five is Spencer Who Ware. Who said I'm not watching 4. football? Man, you are Who's in that? the weeds, man. Deep All right. It. How about this one? Random number. Sure. Most passes attempted. Just most passes attempted. Who's thrown the most passes in the NFL? Wow. Wow. Mm. Blake Bortles? Blake Bortles is number two. Darn, I'm the king of guessing number two here. Kirk Man. Cousins. Kirk Cousins is not in the top five. All right, I know. It, it, it's got to be a team that kind of loses. Oh, how about Carson Palmer? Not in the top five. Hmm. Phillip Rivers? Phillip Rivers is not in the top five. Man, who are we missing here? One oh, Aaron Rodgers. Number four, 410. Wow. All right, go ahead. Who is Drew it? Drew Reese? Number one, 420. I, I thought it was Who so obvious. Not football? Uh, Drew Brees, man. number one. Blake Bortles, number two. Joe Flacco, number three, Aaron, which tells you why the Ravens stink. Run the frickin' ball. Well, number four, Aaron Rodgers. Number five, Eli Manning. The cumulative record of guys in the top five, 22 and 28. So I thought, let's find a stat that might be more indicative of record. Most best average pass. So average gain per throw. Is it per attempt? Per uh, per attempt, I believe. Yeah, yes. right. Top five. Which I don't like that stat. Top five. Top five. We're talking about per attempts. Uh, complete. Uh, okay. Kirk Cousins. Number five at eight yards. Uh, 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 Tom Brady. Number two Ooh. at nine point three. Derek Carr. Not in the top five. Mm. Okay. Uh, Andrew Luck. Not in the top five. Dak Prescott. Number three at eight point oh. four. Yeah, see, this is where the, this is where I don't like the yards per attempt stat. One more guess each. Um, okay, hold on, one more second here. Uh, yards per attempt. Matt Ryan, number one. Oh, come on, now, come on now. Nine point uh, four, and uh, number four was eight point one. I will just say this: the cumulative record of most passes attempted, twenty-two and twenty-eight. The cumulative record of best average per pass attempt, yes, thirty-four, twelve, and two. Yeah. They're the ones that are getting the yards. Yeah, well, and it's the ones that are getting the highest completion percentage. Like Dak Prescott gets to go 22 of 28 every week for like mm. 280. Yeah. So Surprise, Jameis Winston's not on there. He might be in the top. But it's team. because of, this is why I don't like the stat. Yards per attempt. To me, it should be yards completion because, okay, yards per attempt. If you've thrown the ball the f- down the field 40 times in a yes. row, okay, you're some of those are going to be incomplete. So now, oh, I'm 22 of 40. Uh, okay, yeah, but – 18, all those throws were aggressive throws down the field. And you like rewarding teams for taking shots down Well, field. not even that. I just don't think it always tells it, like, yards per attempt. Oh, okay. Well, he threw it 50 times, right? And he threw a bunch of dink and dunk completions. So does that mean they're an explosive throwing the ball down the field mm-hmm. type of team? No, I don't think so. Um, the other thing I want to get into, do you have any more from Twitter? No, I mean, we got some people that sent in things that they were thankful we're gonna for. We're going to get to that at the end. Uh, I want to do one more I overarching. I like that thing, though. That's fun. Uh, one more overarching conversation, and then I want to talk about the games this week, and then we'll do top five and guaranteed to lose. Uh, something came out earlier this week that you brought to my attention. I have did some more research on it. The Career Development Advisory Panel. Mm-hmm. One thing that has been common on this podcast is we've talked about why are there we recycling coaches? Why do we have the same coaches year in and year out? Why are some of these coordinators not developing? We're not seeing new blood, and it seems like we're doing a retread. So there's this thing called the Career Development Advisory Panel, which is a group of two, four, six, eight, nine guys that come together and they make a list of coaches that should be there. Now, do NFL teams take this literally? 
Probably not literally, but if it's given out to every team, there's validity to it. Of the names that were on this list, according to Pro Football Talk, Jim Harbaugh, Terrell Austin, Terrell Austin Scott Linehan, Cowboys OC, Cardinals OC, Harold Goodwin, Patriots DC, Matt Patricia, Dolphins DC, Vance Joseph. Not on the list. Josh McDaniels. And the part of the reason was the panel believed Josh McDaniels will remain in his current job until Bill Belichick retires. First and foremost, he has disputed that, and you think that's plainly crazy. It's stupid. I mean, that was my first problem with this th- th- this whole panel. Like, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. We'll talk about McDaniel's. Yeah, I mean, Josh McDaniel's is hands down one of the three best offensive minds in football. Period. But they're saying that he would replace Bill Belichick. Yeah. And you say if you know anything about football, you know that's not happening. No, and if you know anything about New England and what, first of all, Bill Belichick is not retiring anytime soon. No. I mean, he's going to do this until he's just about. So to dead. not put him on the list is stupid. It is exactly stupid, and 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 really the the big thing is that bothered me more than anything is. If you know anything about football and you know anything about New England, that Josh McDaniels is not the favored successor to Bill Belichick. It's Matt Patricia, and that bothered me because they said that's the reason they didn't put Josh McDaniels on. So these, this advisory, they don't even know anybody in the NFL to have little clues. So what, what the name that you said that caught my attention was you said Charlie Casserly is on that list, and that's crazy. So I went and looked at the rest of the names. Tony Dungy, Charlie Casserly, Carl Peterson, Bill Polian, Jimmy Ray Sr., James Shaq Harris, Ernie Accorsi, Dick Daniels, and John Madden. The average age of these nine guys is 71 years old. Most of them have not been with a franchise in either eight years or more, with a few of them like James Shaq Harris, Jimmy Ray, and um, Bill po- and, and Ernie Accorsi serving in some form of consultant, consultant right. role. John Madden, I'm worried about his health. And I don't know if John Madden is really watching all these coaches anymore. I'm just going to come out and say it, and if I get in trouble, I'm sorry. I have not agreed with one thing Charlie Casserly has said on television the last three (laughs) years. He has seemed to be a running gag, as is Bill Polian. Bill Polian in free agency last year, what was the guy's name? Denarius Moore. He had Denarius Moore as his top-rated wide receiver, and we know from people at ESPN that they don't agree with most of the things he say, but he's under contract. I'm just putting it out there right now. Uh, Bill Polian, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, I'm really sorry. Well, it it bothered me because they do know what they were talking about, and they did, but they've lost touch with the league, and it does bother me. It's annoying. They're 71. How do you know who the young up-and-coming coaches are? You don't know. And when I look at those names, like, I don't know, Harold Goodwin is a leading guy? Maybe last year. What about the Cardinals' offense right now? And he's under under Bruce Arians. Arians. What makes you want that guy? It's like they looked at the stats and just said, let's pick that guy. I just think it's a little... that guy called one of them. I I would like you to know, maybe you can go and ask, and for more information, they're finalizing their list on December 8th, and it'll be distributed to teams on December 10th. Homework assignment. Can you talk to teams and ask if they actually care about this list? Ask Lombardi, ask a few people, because... Maybe the NFL takes that list and throws it away, but that to people me people like Lombardi throw it away. I can guarantee you that. I, don't even, I won't even ask him, but it, well, that would be the type of thing him and Bill Belichick well, would ask literally your boy, laugh at. Ask your boy probably. Quinn and ask your boy I'll down in Tennessee, sure. yeah. uh, because if this list is taken seriously, but this is the thing: it's like when the NFL tells us we're looking into concussions and what to do better. Mm-hmm. Okay, we take their word on it because we're investing this much money. Well, when they say we're investing money into an advisory 
panel to look into the future of the NFL, and you give me a bunch of guys that haven't been in the NFL for 10 years and are 30 years from, like, do you know how different the NFL is now than when these guys were a part of it just from philosophy-wise? Come on. I, I, I get it. Listen, that's they're my, the ones that keep bringing back the same old coaches. Agreed. It's like the good good old boys club. It's it's bother. It's very troublesome to me. Yeah, and Charlie they're probably Castley, like Marty Morningweg is a forward thinker. Okay, yeah, right. I, I listen. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm but, just I'm not down to play the politics anymore because I feel like the NFL has been doing the same thing for 20 years and it's not right. It's it doesn't make sense. And you, you get these coordinators that can't move up and become coaches, and you get these coaches that are Jeff Fisher. How was Kyle Shanahan not on that list? How was that even possible? I mean, his offense is top five in football like every year for like eight years straight, except for a year in Cleveland where they had no talent, yet they were still a very good offense. I just, I'm amazed. I really think these guys sit there and they go, I'll tell you what, he was a linebacker's coach under me like 30 years ago when I could see it then. And I, I wonder how many of them want their own tree to go forward. Definitely. Can we bring in some people that are non-affiliated, that don't have a history? Maybe the NFL just wants these guys up there to keep on the payroll. They've enjoyed them and all that stuff. Like, is Carl Peterson really watching every game? No, he's probably not. He's probably down at the Red Eye Grill downstairs drinking three days a week. <laughs> I don't know. And, and you know what? I'm not afraid of making enemies because I think one of the benefits of working at Bleacher Report and not being associated is I can be completely unattached to anything. And I do not care what you think. And you can be unbiased. You could be unbiased. And I, I think that is a very old. You need to find out because if they don't care, then this was a waste. If they do care, then the NFL is, again, retreading nonsense. It is. Uh, there's going to be a, a group of teams that that do care. I can promise you that. It's crazy. Yes. Grow up. Right. You're, you have a billion-dollar organization. You're relying on Ernie Accorsi and Charles Casserly. It's crazy. I okay, mean, moving on. It's the same group of people that said Peyton Manning was still one of the eight best quarterbacks in football going into last year. Like, that's crazy. Crazy. Whatever. Watch. Yeah. All right, Thursday night's game. Let's, let's break down the, the Thanksgiving games because I imagine people will be consuming this podcast, hopefully before Thanksgiving and not. You can make fun of us for our Thanksgiving picks. Right. Um. Minnesota, Detroit, your dad's calling it. Yeah. Um, how do you – I took Minnesota – this is how it's working. We're going to do the picks later. Okay. Um, so I don't want to focus on that game. I want to focus on Washington Dallas because <laughs> I think this will be the game of the weekend. We both think that Washington is going to cover, if not win, this game. How can they do it? Why can Washington be the team that no other team has been? Well, I, listen, I, I think it's, it's just pretty obvious, first of all. The offense of Washington – offense – uh, like the Dallas Cowboys, the Washington Redskins team marries itself. What is their defense about, right? Their defense is about we're either going to cr- cause some chaos and get a big turnover and punch the ball out like Josh Norman, yes. or you're going to go right down the field and score a touchdown. But one thing we know is Kirk Cousins will be back on the field with that offense real shortly, and we'll keep them in rhythm. So their aggressive style of play on both sides mm. – uh, is conducive to winning football games. That's why they're 6-3-1. and one. The Cowboys have a good formula, too, both sides of their football. I just think Washington, first of all, I think the Cowboys' defense is overrated. I think Cowboys will be able to – I mean, the Redskins will be able to throw the ball on the Cowboys. they certainly be able to pass protect, and they have somewhat of a running game now. Robert Kelly's Fat legit. Rob. He's legit, man. He is. And then – Is he better? He's definitely better than Matt Jones. Definitely. Definitely, yes. What does he do better? He's just – he's a little more – he's a little more explosive and quick in my, okay. in my mind. Like, he's not as big as Matt Jones. If you saw Matt Jones in person, 
person, you go, wow, he's a pretty big guy. Mm. But this kid's got some suddenness to him. Uh, he, he's got a great ability to, to make the jump cut, which you always hear me talk about. I saw our Mike Freeman write that Kirk Cousins could become the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. That, to me, blew me away because I don't think that's how it works. This is not like Andrew Luck getting a deal or one of those guys. How much do you pay Kirk Cousins now? Uh, you you certainly pay him more than $20 million a year. It's going to be somewhere so he's, about he's that. He's over the how fray of the Daltons and Cutlers. I'll, I'll just say this. He's going to get over $50 million guaranteed. That's uh, That I know. I, there's good no doubt him, about man. that. Yeah, good for him. He's playing awesome. I mean, we've seen enough now. I don't think it's like there's no more. This is nine games into year two of him being a starter, and he's passed every test. And it started off real shaky this year, and they tried to overthrow him down there right away. Oh, we're not sold on Kirk Cousins. We're 0-2. Yeah. Oh, wait, now we've won five in a row. He's awesome. Uh, he's got skills, man. Uh, Pittsburgh Indy, the Andrew Luck concussion looms over this game. My question for you is this. Even if Andrew Luck plays, if you're a quarterback and you've been in concussion protocol, does that impact you for your next game? I don't think it would. I, I don't think it would for a guy like Andrew Luck. I think he's shown he's got too much of the ability to block out injuries. Uh, and, and, and really, most quarterbacks are... It doesn't are, impact decision-making. It doesn't well, impact play I, I, Listen, I don't know. I haven't had to go through it. But uh, I, I wouldn't imagine it does. I really... I, I don't know. If you're, if you're feeling good and your brain's not hurting you, then I think you're going to be able to hit on all cylinders. Yes. Uh, the Houston-Oakland game, we actually didn't get to break that down on Monday's podcast. It goes back to your white cleats conversation. Doesn't it? He had the white cleats on, but they still ruled him out of bounds. Yeah. Uh, did you think he was out of bounds? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, listen, I didn't see it. I thought he was out of bounds. Out I of bounds. did. I think that one step was out of bounds. Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, the thing that was annoying to me is ESPN never showed the actual foot that was stepping out of bounds. They kept showing you like three steps before that, which yeah. was driving me crazy. Uh, third down, fourth down, bad spots, like criminally bad spots. Yeah, especially third down. I thought I didn't even think that was close. That, that was, didn't make any sense to me. Uh, we it haven't was, heard anything from the league or anything on that yet, have they? I mean, The fact that it happened in Mexico, too. Uh, like, well, and then the laser pointers, all those things. Uh, I enjoyed watching that game. It was I, a great game. It really was. Uh, you know, I, I know you don't like him. I enjoy watching Houston play. I can't stand watching Brock Osweiler. Yeah. But I enjoy the veracity in which the Houston Texans play. Braxton looked solid. Braxton looked – I mean, Jadeveon Clowney was the story yes. of the night. Yes, He basically said, no, I'm the number one pick. Mm. Khalil Mack, you're really good, but I'm in the backfield every play. Wow. Yeah. So you would take Clowney over Mack? No, I don't know if I would. But I think it's closer than people are giving it credit for. Yeah, and I don't think it was close coming out in the draft. If you have a totally healthy Jadeveon Clowney, now Liz Frank, no uh, microfracture yeah, yeah. surgery. Like, Jadeveon Clowney is one of the freakiest people to ever come into football. I mean, period. I, he would have been a bona fide superstar, hands down. He's, gonna, he's already in the discussion for one of the best defensive linemen in football right now, hands down. Depending on what they do at quarterback, Houston is one of those teams where next year, if what comes back healthy where I could see a lot of hype about him mm -hmm. because this defense without J.J. Watt is pretty darn solid. Yeah. The Raiders to me though, they are truly one of those teams where if you give them an inch they're taking a mile yes. and they have the ability to score in a moment's notice and that is a backbreaker game sealer moment that can happen. Amari Cooper is a freak mm -hmm. um, and then Chase shout out, I know we got a shout out on the, the podcast about fullbacks. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, we got a couple of them. Uh, let me pull him up. 
Uh, so it was actually Bajent that said, at 007 Sports, I love that you guys pumped up the use of fullbacks yesterday right before Olawale goes 75 yards to the house to save the Raiders. Yeah. Did I say that right, Olawale? Yeah, Olawale. Yeah, yeah. Did, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I think there was one. Where other. is your confidence level with the Raiders? Because they have the best record tied in the AFC. But I still feel like we're not completely sold. Well, I'm more sold on the Cowboys than the Raiders. I love the Raiders. Yes. But the Raiders are – the ball has been bouncing their way all year. Yeah. It, I mean, it's been Derek Carr making some unbelievable plays. Yeah, you're right. A favorable spot, whatever it may be. Uh, my confidence level for the Raiders is not probably as high as it normally would be for a team that's eight and two. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I look at it and go, could the later the Raiders lose a wild card game to start the playoffs? Certainly. Like uh, I have more confidence in Washington than I do the Raiders. Mm. The main reason is this: I think, I've I think seen Washington drive on people. The Raiders don't always drive on people. No, they're the they Raiders the are sixty yards and and. To, look, I look at Arizona this year. I look at Carolina this year. They tried to go back-to-back years of relying on the big play, and that will bite you if you rely on the big play too much. One thing that's different about those teams, though, Please. Uh, well, just the, the Raiders' run game is legit. So I, yes. I do and think your, Houston's run defense, I never give enough credit to. No, no, and especially when he's playing like that, when Clowney's playing like that, a man possessed. Take away like, half the side he, of the field. He really does, exactly. But, yeah, I, I think with them running the ball, the one thing I'll say about the Raiders, at least offensively, and you're, you're right, like they don't always show the ability to execute on 10-play drives, but they make you defend the whole field, mm. and I am a big believer in that. Sure. While we're talking about the Raiders, at Leon Backley on Twitter wanted to know, what is the biggest flaw of the Raiders' defense? I see big talent at every, le- at every level, but they give up so many points. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's big talent at linebacker and the secondary. I think it's good talent in the secondary, but not great. Uh, and I think the linebackers are... You know, when you just talk about Malcolm Smith, Perry Riley Jr., like they're good, but they're not great. Cool. Uh, so th- that's the big thing. I-, I think the big thing, too, is, hey, it's hard for the Raiders because they had to – they've adjusted their defensive scheme since the start of the year. At the start of the year, it was all Ken Norton. It was very Seattle-ish, man-to-man looking. That's not the defense they're playing now. So, uh, again – I think the talent is better than the statistics show, but I don't think there's really going to show until next year where Jack Del Rio is actually going to get a full offseason to really get his handprint on the defense. It's going to be interesting if Alden Smith comes back. Man. It's going to be interesting if Mario Edwards can get involved yeah. again. What's the status? I haven't even heard of Mario He Edwards. has been a mystery. He was supposed to maybe come back mid-year, and I just haven't heard his name at all. But he is one of those guys you add him in, it extends everybody. Mm-hmm. Khalil Mack, everybody. Um, so that will definitely be someone interesting to watch. Um, man, man. All right, let's get into uh, let's get into top five quarterbacks and guaranteed to lose. Let's do it because we're going to break down a lot of these games moving yep. forward. So let's do. What do we normally do first? Guaranteed to lose. Guaranteed. I think I switch it up every time you ask me that. Lose. Last oh, week, Browns, 49ers, Buccaneers. You lost the Bucks. Uh, you're 26 and seven overall on the season. With guaranteed to lose. What is it? 20, 26 and 7. Alex, 26 Smith, 7. Alex Smith costed you that Oh, one. baby. Costed me, huh? He costed me? Is that how you say that? He might as well have accosted you. You sound like my little boy. He costed you, Daddy. Guaranteed to lose. Oh, guaranteed to lose. Let's start. Do the Bortles. Do the Bortles. Do the Bortles. If people at home could see, it's we're doing his throwing motion as he brings it to his knee, flips his wrist, Comes to his elbow, flips it around, and he's got to throw in those Buffalo wins. Oh, outside. Uh, I just don't see how Jacksonville going to lose because I said so. I run this shit. 
You're going to lose, Jacksonville. Next team guaranteed to lose. Oh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it ain't broke, they come through in GTL every week, 11 in a row. Cleveland Browns. Oh, Cleveland, why would I pick you not to lose now? It's the Giants. Giants are playing good, as good as anybody in football. The Browns, they're 0-11. Like, no, really, they're 0-11. Like, really, they're 0-11. They haven't won a game. I'm picking them to lose. My mama says they're going to lose. Dirty Diana Elaine Sims says they're going to lose. I kind of look right now at the Browns' wow. schedule. Yep. Dirty D. Don't mess with her. I feel like the Browns' game to win is going to be next Sunday against the Bengals. Division team, Hugh Jackson's old team, A.J. Green's probably not back, Giovanni's out. Their main weapons are Tyler Boyd, Tyler Eifert, and Jeremy Hill. Yeah. That might, and the Bengals' defense could occasionally get pushed. The Bengals are now opportunity number one for the Browns to get a win. I'm not picking any of the, uh, the Thursday games, so I'm staying away from that. Next team guaranteed to lose. If you're playing San Francisco, chances they're going to. Yep. Uh, bienvenido a Miami, San Francisco. Uh, that's the scariest one for me. And that's I said scary? This before. Yeah, because of the offensive line injuries. Yeah, I just think they're a better overall football team. Uh, and listen, as much as the, the injuries are concerning, you, I don't expect them to dominate in the run game like they did when they were all healthy. But uh, I, I got to see the San Francisco win more than one game before I take now, them off the list. Four weeks in a row, you've had Browns and 49ers as part of guaranteed to lose. And they've come through for and me every through. time. The other ones I was thinking about, like when we did the really video three, today. Right? Three. Okay. The well, video. Well, we might picking them. Are you, are you picking Seattle, Tampa? Uh, we yes. are picking Seattle. All right, so Tampa. don't say that. Okay. Don't say anything about Seattle, Tampa, because I already picked that one, and I would have picked Tampa to lose. All right, now it's top <laughs> five quarterbacks with Chris Sims from week 11. Chris goes back and watches all the games and does a fair analysis of which quarterbacks balled out in week 11. Chicago is the other team. I've got to pick the current team to lose. Okay, cool. back to the quarterbacks. Here we go. That is my favorite bet of the week. What's that? Like Tampa is minus three and a half against Matt Barkley and Chicago. You mean Tennessee? Yeah, that's right. what I mean. What did I say? Tampa, but I got yeah you. Tennessee. I mean, you're playing Matt Barkley. You're playing. And Marcus Mariota is playing out of his mind right now. That to me, hey Josh, I know you got a pick 'em league. Yeah, the Tennessee Titans look really nice there. Who are the other teams that oh, we'll talk about after that? Okay, he'll talk about it later. So, number five. Number five. He's famous, and his first word of his name rhymes with famous. Jameis Winston. Thank you. Yeah. They get a 1917 win over the Chiefs. Jameis Winston. Unbelievable. Uh, no, unbelievable. I, I Listen, I love watching Jameis because it's, it's never dink and dunk. It's aggressive throwing the ball down the field. He was really good in that football game. Uh, with not great pass protection either all, at all times, but he stands in there and makes the throws. Jameis Winston went 24 completions for 331, which is pretty much insane. That's like 12 to 13 yards per attempt, which is crazy. Crazy. Number four in top quarterbacks. Number four is the best one-man show we've ever seen in football. He does it all by himself. Andrew Luck? No. Aaron Rodgers. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is Unfreaking real. I mean, he just. I, I, what, what do you want me to say? How many more things should I say? He's the best quarterback I've ever seen in my life, period. He's the only guy in football that could even make some of these games 
competitive with what he's being asked to do with the team that is around him. Aaron Rodgers went 26 of 41 for 351 and three touchdowns with no real weapon on his offense against the Washington team. I mean, am I right? You're right. I mean, is is it me or am I really that skewed where it's like Sunday night? Jared Cook was his leading receiver with six catches. But like watching the game, you're just like, oh, there goes Kirk Cousins and the Redskins right down the field. Oh, but uh, Aaron will probably make a few plays and they'll come right back and score This has been the year of debating Aaron Rodgers. I go on Twitter all the time. People are like, here's an open receiver that he missed. Here's an open receiver. And I'm like, the pocket's collapsing on him as he's breaking. I don't know. And you also don't get to just cherry pick individual plays and say, oh, there was an open receiver on that play. It's body of work. It's body of work. And also, like, you know, this is the one thing that kills me, too, is like, yeah, okay, open receiver. Just because, like, the guy's open on the other side of the field. You have to know the plays and the defense. And I know their offense. I know his read. So I can look at it and go, oh, well, he's not supposed to be looking there. He's been taught to look to this side all the time. But that was number four. Number three, he went home. He destroyed his hometown team. He destroyed his idol. Tommy freaking Brady. He knocked it out of here, Tommy Brady. Tom Brady went 24 of 40 for 280 yards, four touchdowns, including a game-clinching touchdown to Malcolm Mitchell. That's, to me, that's the difference in Tom Brady. We're seeing Tom Brady carry the offense at times right now, like just as far as like physical playmaking ability. And I thought that game, uh, when I went and watched it again, I just said, wow, like it might have been the best game I've ever seen Tom Brady moving around the pocket and avoiding people. They did not pass protect real well. I mean, DeForest Buckner was back there a few times, uh, but his throwing right now is on point. He's throwing the ball better down the field than ever, and he's on the move better than ever. I mean, he's listen, I, he, he said that, that crazy tweet last year when he was like talking crap about Peyton, like I'm playing for seven more years. Man, this mother effer might play for seven more years. By the way, he's playing with a rookie at left guard, a guy named David Andrews at center, and Marcus Cannon at right tackle, yet we never question them because it's the frickin' Patriots. (laughs) No, we don't. Number two. Because that guard is, like, already one of the best guards in football. All right, here we go. Number two, Joe Thune, North Carolina State. This guy, I I mean. Russell Wilson. No. Nope. Is he not in your top five? No, I didn't pick him. Caught in the a top touchdown. Five. I know. I thought about it. I thought about it, but I had to go Dak Prescott number two. Dak Alack. Dak Alack. And you know what the most amazing thing about Dak Alack is? I, nobody's really talked about it. He started off the game horrible. I mean, he, yeah, he had a few passes. He lofted up there. A few. He tried to get picked. He he did. You're exactly right. He was very inaccurate. He threw some wobblers, bad decisions. Dak Prescott went 27 of 36 for 301 and three and touchdowns. And more importantly, he went 14 for 15 in the second half, and that's where they won the game. Was his ability to because they got to the point where it was the first game all year. I think they went, oh man. We're not just going to be able to run the ball down the throat of this football team and control it that Zeke way. Zeke averaged 3.9 yards a carry. Yeah, they point. had to actually start to throw it to help out Zeke in the running game. Ezekiel is freaking amazing. Though. I think he's actually, as I'm continuing to watch him, I'm starting to go, you know what? He's better than I thought. He's better than people are actually giving him credit for, in my opinion. Take him over Melvin Gordon? Yes. Wow. Um, the one thing I was going to say about well, Aaron Who's Ro- better than him right now? Not Jay Ajayi. Maybe LaShawn McCoy? I mean, I don't know. Uh, well, hold on. There's the two names. It's Le'Veon. It's David Johnson. That's the premier league. You're Is right. he in that league? Yes. In fact, I wouldn't even pu- – I'm not putting Le'Veon quite in that league right now. I mean – So it's Devi- It's David Johnson versus Zeke. I do. And, I do. Well, and I will say David Johnson has a move 
where he goes left or right and then he like glides in the air for three yards it's through a, a hole. Jump cut. And it's it's like a Manu Ginobili. Like I look at that the same way I looked at when the hop step came to the NBA. Yeah. People are like, what is this? David Johnson will literally float yards in the air and then hit the ground and start running. Yeah. David Johnson is so good at acceleration right away that his float is not it doesn't slow him down no it doesn't it's, i would take david johnson over zeke okay because i think he's got a worse offensive line mm-hmm. and he's still doing it and i think he's a better pass catcher right now but what zeke has that david johnson doesn't have is the ability to contort his body through really really tiny holes he does that's a weird sentence but he has this ability to dive and almost corkscrew and get that extra three to four yards and he never runs sideways Ever. Zeke never goes, this isn't productive. It's always productive. No, and that's what I think is being, uh, I mean, first of all, his power is phenomenal. Um, His speed is really what's phenomenal. I don't think that's what, people are sleeping on Ezekiel speed. I wanted to do a hidden truth this week, left go about all his runs to the outside. Now, they have great success running on the outside with designed runs because they can run toss sweeps, and he can get down to the hole before the middle linebacker can actually get there to make the play. But the other thing is, like, Dallas isn't, like, opening up, like, the Red Sea every run play. Like, Ezekiel Elliott is phenomenal at running up into the line. There's nothing there. And, oh, I have enough speed to bounce it outside and turn the corner for 15 yards. Mm. And... Like, he's not as good as David Johnson in the past game, but, man, is he really good in the past game. He is. He is. A, man, is he good. I mean, some of the biggest stuff that uh, Prescott did last week was just throw checkdowns to Zeke Elliott, and he goes and gets 10, 15 yards. It's unbelievable. Number one on the quarterback power rankings. Uh, and we talked about him, and he might be the highest-paid quarterback. Kirky, how you like me now? How you like them apples? Cousins. I like that he rubbed Scott McLuhan's head and said, how you like me now, and then came out later and said, it had nothing to do with contract negotiations. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I don't know about that. But Kirk Cousins was phenomenal in the game and especially going into the win. That's where I put a lot of credit. Mm. Uh, I, I wasn't sure. That, you know, that's the big thing they talked about going into the game. Man, this win, it's serious win here. Teams were taking the kickoff to combat the wind, and he still threw that thing right through there. Spirals, man, spirals. You throw spirals Biggest in the wind, Biggest omissions from your list, yes. no Russell Wilson right. and no Andrew Luck, yes. who I thought was – Pretty fantastic. Pretty fantastic on three drives. Right, some games. But then it wasn't the great the rest of the game. Yeah. It, the so. Tennessee defense woke up. Yes. It was nice. Last week, Sims, week 11, you went two and three. Lefko, you went four and one. Woo! You guys were Ooh, both wow, correct. Was, you guys both picked Washington over Green Bay. You both picked Oakland over Houston. Lefko, you picked Seattle. Sims, you picked Philly. Yeah. So Dummy. that was a miss by you. Lefko, you picked Dallas. Sims, you picked Baltimore. So Stupid that was a win for Lefko. I'm not even totally mad at myself for you that one. You guys both right. picked Arizona over Minnesota, so you both lost that one. Sims, overall on the season, you are 23-32-2. Lefko, you are 29-26-2. Over 500. We've got six games to pick for Week 12, and we will start off with Washington and at I'm like Dallas way, to get that one out of the way. Way over. You've already made your game picks? Uh, Yeah. Okay, so then Lefko, you got to go first because he's already made his picks. <sighs> All right, the only one that I'm definitely going second is the That's Vikings fine. one. It's okay. amazing how bad I am. Washington I'm going. I'm going to go Washington. I think this is the uh, end of the. I think it's got to end sometime. I think Washington is the perfect offense to attack this defense. Um, I think it's going to be close, but I thought Washington was the better team the first time they faced off, and I think Thanksgiving with Dallas feeling themselves a lot. 
I think they get they lose on a national stage, and I think we are we are thrown back into what do we do now? The NFL's so confusing. <laughs> Sims, Washington. I'm picking Dallas. the Dallas Cowboys. Ah, crap! I do think it's going to be a very close game, though. I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't be shocked. See, the this is the problem of me picking games after I just picked against the spread. I felt really confident Washington plus seven, seven. points. Right. Greg Pearl, our our guy here, walks by with a Detroit Lions logo because he gets upset at us every week for picking. Speaking of which, next game Minnesota at Detroit. So here's why I'm picking second here. Sims incredibly is zero and ten picking the Vikings this year. I guess just with the spread, with right? With the spread. Right. Even with that in mind, I'm just going opposite here. Yeah. Who are you taking? I'm going Detroit. And I'm going Minnesota. <laughs> That's fantastic. I am. I just, uh, yeah, I, again, this game could go either way. Uh, certainly can. I, I favor both home teams in the Thanksgiving matchup. I do think it's do a Do you think little, that means something? I do. I think they both take great pride in the fact that they are the Thanksgiving tradition teams. Uh you know, and the, the funny thing, like, just to talk about Dallas real quick, like, one second. Like, and, I, and I'm going to tell you why I disagree with you. But, like, Dallas is the type of team you have to be careful about. Like, they thrive on the attention. Mm. And they love being the top dog. Like, sometimes I think when we go, oh, like, I know that's my thought last week with Baltimore. Like, this could be the week they fall apart. They've been reading their press clippings. Like, yeah, this is not the Tennessee Titans team you are on that's maybe not used to the national they're, spotlight. They're thri- they thrive with this. Uh, so sometimes I'm like, man, they're motivated by the attention. They want more of it. You might be right. Uh, the so. reason I think I like the away teams is you said something earlier that the home teams, you can actually go there, have a little Thanksgiving with your family. Okay, yeah, you eat that stuffing. Because I got mother... Ooh, I got dudes on a business trip that are trying to mess you up. I don't think I said it. I don't think you have to believe it. But Dallas and Detroit, like that's not there. It's the night game that you can only eat home at Thanksgiving. Like Dallas is going to be at the stadium by twelve thirty. Hey man, I'm just trying to come up with reasons. Okay, cool. Next game: Cincinnati at Baltimore. 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 I'm over Cincinnati. I don't like Baltimore, but Baltimore's front seven against a Bengals offensive line, which went from one of the best in the NFL somehow to nothing overnight, uh, with no AJ Green, no Giovanni Bernard. Um, I'm not the hugest Ravens fan, um, but I think they're going to be able to run on Bengals if they could stick to the run. When I found out that Joe Flacco was top five in passes attempt, yeah, I went, no crazy. crap, run the ball. Right. You were running all over Dallas last week, and then you ran it eight times the rest of the game. Run it. I'm going Baltimore as well. I do think it'll be a close football game, but uh, Cincinnati, I just without A.J. Green, I don't really see how the offense works, and they're certainly not going to be able to run the ball in Baltimore. I don't know what Jimmy Smith's status is or whatever, but uh, Baltimore wins an ugly one. Arizona at Atlanta. I think we're going to disagree here. I'm going Atlanta. I think that they will use the bye well. Um, I know it's a scary proposition. I think Tevin Coleman being back is very, very big. It's always shocking to look at how Arizona ranks in terms of yards. They're number one on defense. They're number nine on offense, which is pretty incredible for Arizona. Um, But I look at Atlanta and I go... Carson Palmer, that line is not good. That offensive line, they can't protect him. I like Vic Beasley getting there. I do think that Arizona is going to be able to run the ball in Atlanta, and that's what scares me. But I think it's 24-point rule, and I just don't have faith in Arizona's line. And I know that there's the win him for the Gipper thought in Bruce Arians being in the hospital. I'm going to go the opposite and go, I want Bruce Arians to be healthy in game planning, and I think that will hurt them. Sims? I, I'm really very torn with this. Like I, I when we had a pick against the spread four and a half, I took Arizona. Uh I do think there's a very good chance Arizona upsets Atlanta. 
Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go Arizona. I think Arizona's going to win it. I think Arizona's <laughs> going to move a really close football game. I don't know if I'm totally happy about Atlanta getting in the bye week. Uh, I've told Lefko that. And I worry about Atlanta's two guards against the defense alignment of the Arizona Cardinals. They got Patrick Peterson to slow Julio Jones down. Uh, and, man, this Atlanta defense is just not good. I mean, they let up 28 points a game. Mm. I just I have, a, I have an issue with that. It's hard. Uh, and I just think this is an offense. Uh, Arizona, they find a way to screw the game up every week, but uh, I, I have a feeling that this is defense is just the not more, good enough in Atlanta to The more I've up. heard Sims talk about this game, the more I want to bet Arizona this weekend because I think the line's going to get worse and worse. I think well, – I'm curious what, what it is right now, right. but um, – I feel like the public is going to go with Atlanta, and it might be smart to put money. The line's down to four huh. for Atlanta, so maybe they're betting on Arizona. They are. Ugh. Seattle at Tampa Bay. Left go. Seattle. Tampa Bay is uh, actually a better road team than a home team, uh, and I think Jameis Winston had a really great game against a team that played way too much man, and now he's playing a team that only plays zone. Um, the only thing that scares me is Doug Martin getting off. But I really think Russell Wilson is is reaching critical Dragon Ball Z. I'm going to destroy everything around me mode. I, I'm going Seattle too. Yeah, I, I I can't pick Tampa. Not with that offense and defensive line play right now. How are they going to get pressure on Russell Wilson? Maybe uh, it's better that they don't. <laughs> I but even with that, they don't have enough guys on the edge that even have the speed to contain them. That would be what mm. what concerns me more than anything. And then yeah, can Jameis Winston that offensive line? Pass protect against Seattle. I, I have a hard time. I, I do agree with you. Like the uh, the the Doug Martin thing is big for them. It helps their pass game when they can at least attempt to run the ball. He was yeah, twenty four carries for sixty three yards last week. But the Richard Sherman Mike does Evans a lot. matchup is going to be it's going to be fun. fun. Yes, because he is a becoming a next level guy. Who do you compare Mike Evans to? Who is that big physical jump over someone? Has a step but not a great step. Uh, a little inconsistent. Yeah, Plaxico. Uh, yeah, a, a little Plaxico that way. Certainly, I and think he's. Actually, I think I don't think he's quite as fast as Kelvin. Like I don't even know who I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of guys that are playing right now. He's almost a little combination of like AJ Green, but he's got more size than AJ. He's like a Julio Jones, AJ Green, like. Combination. He reminds me of some of those 90s big receivers, like the Michael Irvin build. I don't think people give Evans enough respect for um, his speed. That's that's the one thing. When I what, go, he ran a 4-5 flat of the combine? I think he ran a 4-3-7. I think you're wrong. Go ahead, look. But I'm almost positive he ran a 4-5 flat. I got gotcha. you. Maybe I'm wrong. It could be. Last game to pick is Kansas City at Denver. Uh, but I, I, I like Mike Evans a lot. I think he is super, super talented. Four, five, three. Okay. You're right, Lefko. Um, I'm going Denver mainly because I still have this dirty taste in my mouth of Alex Smith's interception at Chris County. Yeah. And I look at Kansas City and I look at Denver and I go, very similar teams. Kansas City's got a very good defense. Mm -hmm. They're a little bit banged up. And I like Denver's defense a lot more than I like Kansas City's. And I like their offense more than I like Kansas City's. Now, Kansas City, if they could run the ball with Spencer Ware, they can, they can compete with anybody. But it's in Denver, which is a hard place to play. And I think that Denver uses the bye well. Yeah, I mean, I'm going Denver, too. This, this is a tough one to me, though. I, I do think Kansas City will play them tough. Uh, I'm just I'm betting on no the, D Ford. 
I'm I'm more just betting on Denver's offense being more aggressive uh, coming out of the bye week. I think they like I like I said to you when we did Facebook Live. I think they've realized like they can't quite do it the way they did last year. It can't be oh we're gonna take care of the football and the defense will just dominate and score 14 points every game. Like no, their offense is gonna have to start doing a little bit more. I think they're gonna realize that. I think they'll be a little more aggressive for Trevor Simeon. Yeah. But man, Kansas City matches up really well with them. I mean. I would think Kansas City's going to be able to run the football on them. Uh, Alex Smith, you know, his his very wussy nature of himself is a good and a bad thing against Denver. I mean, it, it could lead to, yeah, him missing some plays downfield because he doesn't want to ch- take the chance, but it also could help him get the ball out of his hand and not get sack fumbled by Von Miller mm. and do those t- type of things as well. Uh, for the degenerate gamblers out there, I'm just going to recap some of the betting picks that I know that we both liked. We both really liked Washington plus seven. Um, we both really, really liked Tennessee minus four and a half at Chicago. Matt Barkley's playing. It looks really great. The Buffalo line is climbing, but Blake Bortles in Buffalo is nice, but I think we kind of both shied away from it's it. It's climbing. It's up to seven and a half now. Um, I put a hundred dollars in our bleacher bucks. I, I put a hundred dollars on Buffalo. Yeah, and we both wanted to bet New Orleans, but we're both afraid of it for some reason. Yeah, I, I still I won a pretty big bet with them though. I think I went two hundred dollars. I think you did. I, I I have a hard time looking at. I, I think that would be one of those games where it's like it's six, it's seven, yes. it's four all game long. And then golf throws a bad pick at the end, or Drew Brees throws a big pass, and they win by eleven or twelve. Um, what were some people thankful for? Oh, uh, we got some good tweets. Uh, Sean A. Williams at Realionaire. He said, "You asked, thankful my Cowboys are running the league." Hey now. Uh, Warren Lanfear said, "I'm thankful your podcast. My commute is enlightening twice a week. Keep hey it now. up." Uh, I'm thankful. This is Matt Webb at 69 Webb. I'm thankful <laughs> for the times Lefko lets Sims get out a full sentence without interrupting him. Yeah, so these times are scary. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I do like do a full sentence, well, the he's reason not even li- <laughs> he doesn't listen anyways. <laughs> and then at Seahawk Scout Mike Barr, longtime friend of the podcast. I'm thankful for Russell Wilson being a cyborg, the Bennett brothers existing, and Marshawn Lynch keeping it real. That's from Seahawk. I'm Scout. thankful for all that stuff. What are you guys thankful for? I'm thankful for you guys. Oh. Good friends, good podcast companions. Really? Are you sure you're a good con- con- podcast companion? You guys are, yeah. You complained a lot before we started the show on Monday. I did. Yes. I did. Okay. Most, mostly related to Lefko, though. <laughs> yes. I need to stop interrupting you. <laughs> Can I tell you, I have this problem when I talk to Fendrick and when I talk to Cohn. I know what you're going to say. Like, once you start your sentence, I know where it's finishing. So there's and no I, need to finish it. See what he just did? Like, yeah. that's it. So I, but not everyone out there knows what you're going to say, but I am mining your brain. I'm tapping your brain like an old tree stump full of sap and I'm trying to get it out. And as soon as I hear your brain working, I know where you're going to go. I need somebody to actually translate my brain thoughts for me for picks. That's what I need to do. I can't believe my picks are that bad. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you're not doing great. I don't do good in these games. These are the games I lose every week when I have to pick all the games. Yeah. The ones I lose every week. It's it's really frustrating. I think betting the spreads is messing us up. I I don't. I, it doesn't matter. I don't feel good at the end of the week either way. I either lose with the spreads or I lose the normal picks. So one week I go, oh yeah, I was nine and three and one against well, the spreads, and then I come back and look at my normal picks and I go, damn, I was seven and eight. What? Well, you said this. Like there are some analysts like our boy Lombardi we had on that do not make picks. No, they won't. There's a lot. There's a lot I know that won't make picks. 
And it's because of this. Because, oh, if your picks are right, what do you know? People start to justify everything they say by their picks. And I get it. This year has been one of those years. Because the times I have looked at the section, uh, comment sections and things like that, it's always like, oh, what does he know? He picked them to win. And I want to be like, are you serious? Like, it was a one on. possession. It was game a one. That, ga- it yeah. was they won by one point, and he's I'm a st- idiot because I and picked the, game, the wrong game. And the game unfolded exactly as you predicted it, just, it would. It's frustrating. Whatever. Who the well, I, th- I I just think it's interesting from the notion of are picks actually representative of knowledge of the game? It's kind of like the quarterback win statistic. Yeah. Oh, right. he's a winner. Right. Is he or did he have a really good defense and blah blah blah? Yeah, because you've p- you've predicted a lot of the games like Baltimore Dallas. You look like a genius, and not so fast. Not so fast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what are you thankful for? Uh, I Man, there's... What are you doing for Thanksgiving? So much to be thankful for. I'm going to my parents' house. My dad won't be there, but I'll be watching them on TV. Uh, the wife will be cooking. She does all the cooking these days. And, man, I'm, I'm thankful for everything. There is... I try to be a glass half-full guy, and uh, I'm thankful that I do work a... Ble- <coughs> <laughs> for that cough, that was great. But I'm thankful of Bleacher Report, this job I have. I mean, this is amazing. We sit here and talk about football, even though I stress about wanting to be right in picks and beat you. Like, come on, this is pretty amazing. I'm thankful that I have a healthy family that loves me and that mm. I love. And I have some good friends in the world. What else is there? That's great. And I got enough money in my pocket just to have fun and get myself in trouble every now and then. That's awesome. Yeah. Left cow? Uh, I'm not thankful for anything. I think this is all overrated. Typical bullshit. Eagles fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, you, you said it perfectly. You summed it all up. I'm sense. thankful for what you said. Uh, thank you, guys. I will say this. there. I'm very thankful when we do Facebook Lives, there's a community there that tunes in every week, yep. and that's been fun. It has been fun. Podcast has always been a special thing for all three of us because we were doing it before people even realized we were doing it, and there has been people like Bajent, like Seahawk Scout, like all these guys that have been with us the whole time. I'm very thankful for them. I'm thankful for the thousands of people that listen to us talk because – we are not really trying to grow. We are literally just trying just to educate and talk. And the fact that you guys tune in uh, makes it very special. And for all the employees at Bleach Report that do message me and do tell me that they're listening, I appreciate that even more because, like you were saying, Sims, the Bleach Report community is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're on to something, and it's been great. So yeah. thank you to all you guys. May your food be plentiful, and may your family be present. Uh, enjoy yourselves. Enjoy the game games uh and hit us up on twitter at sims and lefko subscribe review i've noticed a few more ratings there so thank you we should do um, a, a ratings review read at some point yeah you'll have to write that up and uh share it with your friends because the more people that listen they the caught the guy in buffalo that threw the dildo did they i love well, it i thought he and posted on, that note, on instagram we wrap up the podcast number 90 podcast and i i really want you guys to know that there is so much content that has been left on the cutting room floors these last few so weeks. Much. Josh Fendrick has gone by and cut out 20-minute chunks, 15-minute chunks here and there. I would there. say the most I've cut out is a 10-minute chunk. I, I think it's probably a good thing. I'd be fired and in jail if he left some of these Like, ends, we so. literally, when he's not here, I will be thankful. I'm thankful that Josh Fendrick cares about our careers to cut out things like Von Miller's extortion trial and some other things that we've talked about, certain clubs. Let's wrap it up here, buddy. Okay. I love you. I love love you you all. For Sims. Peace out, homies. For Fendrick. Goodbye, everyone. Have a great night.